Well, hello, everybody. This is Jen Springer, Platinum with Young Living, and I've been with the company since 2001. I'm actually coming up on my anniversary here in May, and I just can't believe it's been that long. I remember back before that time of my enrollment, which I'm looking right here, it is May 9th of 2001, a Taurus baby. Um, I remember going to – stop laughing, Yvonne. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. I'll be good. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> you guys, Yvonne and I are good friends. And for those of you that know me very well personally, you know I'm just a whack job. So, you know, it's just the way it goes. <laughs> but, you know, I and funny thing with that story, it was just tangent right off the bat. Um, funny thing with that story was Yvonne's sister, Virginia that was doing the initial presentation that day that I initially learned about Young Living Oils, and mm-hmm. I don't know if that was in March or April of that year, and um, yeah, it was her and Sherry LaMarche, so it's really exciting to, you know, our our family of upline and distributors and crosslines there, it's, it's just really like we've done this journey for whatever, 12, 13, 14 years, whatever it's been. It's for several years time. now. Yes, exactly. And it feels like it has flown by so fast. And I feel so grateful that I didn't know anything about network marketing when I joined Young Living. I didn't know anything about MLMs or pyramids or anything like that. I just knew that I love the product and I love telling people about it. And when I got my first check for $6 and some cents, I remember holding that check in my hands, seeing Mary Young signed it. The check at the time was like a purpley, you know, maroon color. And I remember thinking, you know, if I tell more people, that check will get bigger. And that's what set me off and running to do a business. And I just loved the oils. And that's how that began. But over time, my business grew very fast. And then for, oh boy, probably from 2000, probably look back at my numbers here, 2004 till about, or 2005 till about 2012, my business flatlined for a long time because I didn't, I let my business run me. And I want to give you guys a quick little five tips on how to turn that around and get your business being run by you versus your business running you. And I know a lot of people, and Yvonne can vouch for this, that when they hit silver or they hit gold, they get stuck for a really long time because they can't possibly do any more stuff than they're already doing, and mm-hmm. they, their businesses are running them over. I mean, you you could probably test that, right? Oh, yeah. They they turn into what they, everyone that McGraw Marketing calls grinders, and that's – I mean, I've done it. I was there. Yeah. <laughs> we were there, and that's why when we meet people like Randy Gage and Tom Schreider and all these fabulous people, we we see their message as truth. And um, I don't know, I don't think you were there, but um, back, it was a 2007 when um, one of my team leaders, uh, Cynthia Casper, came across Danny Johnson. I remember going to Danny Johnson's first step to success in California. And I remember Danny talking and go, and I remember thinking to myself, why haven't I learned this stuff before? She talks about getting your business, you know, you running your business and boundaries and time and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. um, I just uh, want to share with you guys just a couple things. One is have set hours to do your business. You, put it on your voicemail you know, tell your team members, these, these are the times that I'm open for business, and you set that schedule. You know, how many nights a week are you going to work? Maybe doing events or during the weekend. If you do work Saturday, do you make sure you take off Sunday? If you do a full weekend event, do you take Monday, Tuesday off? Get really clear on the hours that you do business. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, do you have set hours, Yvonne? Yeah, I do. And and I was one of those people, you know, when I met people at like expos like we're going to talk about tonight, oh, I'm available 24-7, you know, I'm here to help. And, and that's what puts you into that cycle of not being able to control your life. Yeah, you spin out because you feel like every time you turn around, you're getting a call or somebody's grasping at you and, and that. And we we teach people how to treat us. And by drawing those lines in the sand, it's really good for those people and it's really good for us. And so set the hours of your business. Now, 
the problem is with that, the second, my second point here is schedule phone calls during those set hours with your team or new customers or new distributors. Schedule the calls. I do not answer my phone. <laughs> Yvonne, can attest to this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor thing called me twice, and I, I don't have my ringer on because I want to schedule everybody in blocks of time. And that doesn't come into service when you walk away to use the restroom. Someone calls you back twice. <laughs> so that, you know, but you know what I'm saying, guys. Schedule your phone calls during your set hours so that you can put blocks of time together and manage your time. And mm-hmm. the third thing is create tools for your frequently asked questions. You know, if you keep getting the same question over and over and over and over about something, Make a flyer on it. Make a infographic. Maybe record a video. Put out a you know a fo- do a phone call training on it or something, and use that tool when people ask you questions. You can say, "Here, I've got it for you right here," and then you can email it to them or post it on Facebook or just refer somebody to that tool instead of explaining over and over and over and using your time to do that. I think I have all my frequently asked questions up on the internet somewhere. And for those of you that follow me on YouTube, you know I'm always cranking something out, and you guys get to see my crazy videos. So like I did one today, actually. You guys find me on YouTube. I did one on what if people ask to tell you the oils don't work, you know, and I did that video today. And um, that was great. If everybody on the call, if you haven't seen Jen's video today, go watch it. It's four minutes long. It is so good. You'll want to forward it to everybody that you introduce the oils to. Yeah, it's, uh, what is my channel? I think it's Jen Springer channel, youtube.com slash Jen Springer channel. And that video, you know, it's something that we all get, you know, well, the oils aren't working or whatever. And, um, you know, there's there's just so many reasons why that could happen. And it's really important to, to learn that and share with your new team members, especially if they tell four people and all four say they don't work, which is rare, but, you know, it goes there. But Anyway, so create tools for frequently asked questions. And then the fourth thing I have for you is create a Facebook group or an online chat forum or group like Yahoo or whatever, or you do a circle in Google+, Plus, which I don't know how to do that. I totally, totally don't do that. But I do Facebook. And so create a, like a Facebook group just for your team so that people can ask each other questions and help each other versus not always asking you. And I'm not saying brush it off on your other team members, but if you're busy and something's going on and somebody needs a question answered, they can go on there and ask one. So create so you can leverage your time a little bit more and Mm -hmm. then go in and answer it if after a few days somebody hasn't answered it. Um, And the last tip I have for you is if your team is all over the country, do some live coaching mastermind uh, calls with them over the internet or do like Google Hangout on YouTube. But if you don't know how to do that, just do it on the conference line like we're doing tonight. And I, why I do this call is so that I can reach the masses and I can also help people that are outside of my team. But I have people all over the United States and every week, the second, third, and fourth Wednesday of every month, I do a noon coaching call and I do one on Saturday morning on the third you know, Saturday of the month. And these are small calls that are between uh, usually no more than 10 people. And those are my leaders and they have to be invited to those calls. And that's for all for business and masterminding with business. And it's been incredible. And that has been another way of leveraging my time. So there's some five tips because my business is a six figure income business and I work less than 20 hours a week, 20 hours max. If I'm doing like an expo or trade show, but in general, I'm working 20 hours or less a week and really leveraging my time and then, you know, really having boundaries on my schedule. So I hope that helps some of you because I know some of you are thinking, I'm a silver. How am I going to get to gold and platinum and diamond? I can barely see straight. I'm so busy. Mm-hmm. So I hope that helps you guys. And I know, Yvonne, you know this is true because you've been there and we see the struggles of our team members that are up and coming and they're so excited to have a business. They're going to work 24-7. I remember my upline or my downline. If you guys are listening, my leaders, all of you guys. I mean, I know my, you weren't my upline at the time, but I'm sure there was somebody, including your sister, that got calls from me like at 11 o'clock at night. I'd leave voicemails at 1 in the morning. You know, I mean, it was just I'd be sending, even still, I can't, I'm can't. i addicted to my phone, and, and I'm sending emails late at night. But 
I'm a night owl, but in general, you know, really, it was crazy. We and we all get mm-hmm. burned out, and that's we can't grow anymore. Yeah, and that's and that's I think what everybody who's in that position, and and it's hopefully the people on the call are going to be smarter than us if if they haven't <laughs> hit that spot yet. But it, you know, if they do, and and you get into that grinding routine, you're not alone, and there's tools out there to help that that really help you change the mindset and the way you work with your teams. Yes, absolutely. And a couple quick reminders before we jump into the heart of this call, which I'm so excited about because this is one Me of my too. passions. And it's Yvonne's passion too. I mean, I <laughs> Without a doubt. I know, you guys, we might be here till midnight because Yvonne <laughs> and I love doing trade shows, expos, and events. And that's how I built my team. And I know that's significantly how she's built her team. Mm-hmm. And we, we just can't wait to share with you on that. But uh, get registered for convention. Get your hotels. Hotels are selling out. Um, support your local events. Young Living is out and doing stuff all over the place. Get to those events. Support your cross-line, up-line, down-line. You know, support the company. Get to those events. It's so important. And you'll find them all at youngliving.com. Find the details. Go to those events. Because if you want an event coming to your city, you really have to pull people together and band as a team with you and if there's any other builders in your area to, to bring Young Living to your local area. So mm-hmm. there's that. And then um, the last thing I want to mention is the, the promotion for this month, 190 PV for the Melaleuca Alternifolia and the Basil, and 250 you get the enrollment coupon. With 300 you get whatever. But I'll tell you what my whatever was. It was the Art Renewal Serum, and I love <sighs> the serum. I do. I was so excited when I looked. Um, I was. I love the beauty mask. Don't get me wrong. I use them like once or twice a month. But the serum to me is like that smell on my face before mm-hmm. I go to bed is amazing. It is. It is. Oh, oh and the and the, it, the the fluid it adds back to your skin. The moisture is it's awesome. Yeah. Yes. So excited. So I know some people were like, "Oh shucks, you know, I don't get the face mask." But let me tell you, I love the serum. It's like. Oh, it's such good stuff. So this is our Monday night call. Well, I don't know. We never go beyond 8 in general. Last week we stopped at 8.01 with the lemon droppers, and it was such a great call. And I know with those four ladies we could have gone for hours. It was just such a blast. But we'll keep it, you know, short so we get everybody back to their evening. If you're new to this call and you want to hear previous recordings, you've got to go to OurSimpleTraining.com, and you'll see the tab there for the Monday night calls. And make sure you get on the email list so that you get the announcements of who's coming up. So with that, my guest tonight is Yvonne Litza, who you've heard heard from a little bit. She is part of my support team, but Yvonne took the position of her sister Virginia when her sister passed away a few years ago. But Yvonne and I actually worked together quite a bit cross-line even before that happened. Mm -hmm. And not that I was excited that your sister was transitioning, but I was really thrilled that I was going to be working with you in this way, you know, after dealing with the loss of her. I was like, I was so excited to work with you, and, you know, you're just great. And you and I are on the same page with so many things. So it's many, so fun yeah. to talk to you. You know, I love it. And, you know, you're just open, and it's just fun. It's really, really fun. And, like, today we could have probably we, we could have just recorded <laughs> our, our call today and played it tonight. We would have been so good. Hey, that would have been a good idea. Oh, my God, we covered some good stuff. <laughs> we really, really did. And, you know, we love events, you know. Yeah. We love going out there and meeting people and getting – into wherever market we want to penetrate. So I remember when I first started my business, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anybody. I mean, people say, make your list of 100 people. I think my list would have been five. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was like an introvert. Um, And events was the way I went. I mean, your sister knew a lot of people, and that's why she did the way she did, and she was also on the farm all the time. But was that the same reason that you did it as well, doing the shows, or did you just like to travel, or why did you start doing events? No, same reason. I, I have a hard time meeting people, and I, you know, all the pe- all of our trainers said, you know, go to your warm market, go to your warm market, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I I realized I didn't have any friends at that point. It's like, holy cow, um, <laughs> I need to get into a yes. network marketing business so I have friends. But I went, I, I needed to meet people, and I thought the only way to do that and to train myself to get out and meet people was to do to go out and and do these expos. And I figured anybody who came into the booth was 
was I considered them my warm market, and that's how I started it. Yes, and you know, to find events to go to, I started out personally searching the internet and looking in my local community calendar of events, and just went everywhere, anywhere I could set up a table, I was there. And mm-hmm. some of my booths cost, you know, twenty bucks, and some of them cost five hundred dollars. You know, and it was it's, it is an investment, but you can find a lot of them that are a lot less. And so how did you approach doing your, you know, events? How did you, like, why did you choose the way you chose to go? In the beginning, I, I did a shotgun approach. I thought, boy, any expo I could get into, I would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I mean, did the Body, Mind, Spirits, did the Health Expos, then I got into the Horse Expos, and and at, over time I I started to just refine because when you start looking – you find that there are so many different expos and trainings and and places that you can put up your booths. I started to just kind of um, specialize in the in the horse the equine market. That way, I could make all my marketing materials based towards one market. And, but also because then I had group members who had niches and specialties in other areas, and they started doing the other types of expos that I would go and support them with. So you know what? Go ahead. No, so it started out as shotgun, but then it it narrowed in as I did it over a few years. You know what's really funny is that when um, when I I'm just laughing because I I remember a couple weeks ago when we heard Adam Green do the call with Richard Brooke and he was here's this young man in his early twenties going out and doing like women's and children's shows. <laughs> hey, mom, I'm like, I would love to have seen him doing this. And I feel the same way. If you stuck me in a baby expo, I think I'd rather like stand in the middle of traffic and rush hour, you know? And so my point is saying, go with your niche, just like what you said, go, you, you refine down into the horse niche and you're really focusing on that. And and that's when we really get the success is when we do something that we know and we like, you know, don't think that if you are not a horse person, don't go to a horse expo. If you're not a baby person, don't go to a baby expo. Go with, you know, something that you love. It could be as crazy as fishing expos. It could be, you know, I got one gal who is does massage and aromatherapy on motocross people. I, I'm like, really? It's not, you know, <laughs> Like, okay, like, who would do that? You know, like, this is insane. But, you know, go with what you know. And so what supplies do you you bring to your events when, you, when you're going to set up? Well, now, now that's changed over the years, and I'm sure for you it has as well. You know, in the beginning, it was the, the very basics as far as, you know, had to have a sales pad, had to have sign-up sheets, um, had to have a cash box. Um, you know, had to have, you know, what inventory had, which in the beginning was next to none. I know we'll talk about inventory, but I mean, in the beginning it was next to none. Um, and then the the thing that I, I thought in the beginning, which was important, was just to catch somebody's attention because they say you've got, you know, three seconds to catch somebody's eye as they walk by you in that kind of venue. So my my first investment really in, in my booth was, was purchasing a type of banner, and it wasn't an expensive yes. banner. It was, I, mm-hmm. I had it made at Fast Signs. Um, but it, was, it had a pretty graphic, and it said Young Living, and, and I, it had a horse of some sort on it. And it was, it was pretty, and it was not expensive at all. But I got that to, to catch people's attention. I think that's a big one. And then, and then the, other, the other things for the, the booth was just nice ways to display things. And that's, that's an evolution of, you know, depending upon the type, type of shows you go to do and such but the the display racks and and items the thing that I don't do anymore and I don't know I don't know if you're if you do the same I don't take as much I in the beginning I used to take just reams of handouts and flyers and I spent so much in trifolds and and all sorts of handouts to to give to people that I scaled back drastically over the years now I take a few um, facts or you know copies of basic handouts and some of the trifolds you know from the different you know abundant health or life science and the different ones that that do some nice young living flyers or trifolds but I don't take a lot of those anymore I totally agree with that I remember 
2002 and three is when I really went gangbusters with the expos. And I remember at the end of the year, because I made copies of most of my originals, I spent over $10,000 in one year to Office Depot in copies. Sure. Yeah. It adds up quickly. Yes. yes. <laughs> you don't think so, it does, but it does. No. And I I used to do the same thing. I had reams and reams and reams of handouts. I mean, literally, I had boxes that you pick up from Office Depot <laughs> full of copies. Mm-hmm. And nobody ever called me to enroll off of any of those freaking copies. No. Seriously. Did you ever have people call, calling you on those copies? No, never. They and, and a lot of times you would go down the at the aisle at the end of the show and you'd see a lot of your stuff in the garbage. No kidding. Especially like those those catalogs. You're spending a dollar yes. fifty to two dollars depending on where you live in shipping and you're then you see your beautiful catalog sitting in you know, in a garbage. I had that happen the other day with the class I did. Oh. You know, and I asked people, like, what they want or, you know, if anybody wants a catalog. And I found one of the catalogs later down in the break room. And I'm like, okay, you know, be very mindful of giving away catalogs. Mm-hmm. Um, I am just like you. I've really scaled down. I only buy brochures that I can get easily through. Most of them come from Young Living because I want it to be duplicatable. Yep. It, I do the Everyday Essentials brochure because I'm featuring the Essential 7 I mean, it's Essential 7, Everyday Essentials, <laughs> the, the Everyday Oils, because Essential 7 was, like, at the beginning, I had, like, monster stacks of those brochures. But Or anything that's from Crown Diamond Tools, I use those sometimes because they're more, they're a little, but they're still, it's a very expensive literature. They and are. Like, you Beautiful. Go, you see it in the, I know, gorgeous, but in the garbage can, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, you see those things. and I use know, those now for, for follow-up. That's mm-hmm. where... I, I get benefit. I have people call and ask if I, if I get their address through the show. I'll send that back as a follow-up. Then they read it because it's in their house. Yes, and they didn't go in the big bag of things that they went trick-or-treating at every booth. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's adult trick-or-treating, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> I like that. You know, That's true. <laughs> if you don't want people to pick up your, your catalogs, put a price tag on them. Put $2 a book on them. And if you have a really hot prospect that you think is really good and they enroll, you gift them the catalog. Exactly. That's what I do. Yeah. No, that's, that's, and that's the way to do it because then people see that price and they go, oh, well, they won't just take it. Yes, yes. And so exactly what you said on supplies, make sure you've got pens, make sure you've got ca- calculators, clipboards so people can sign up, um, and make sure you've got a sign-up sheet for getting leads. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. What do you bring as inventory? Well, doing the in the beginning with doing a, a wide variety, I tried to have you know a bunch of or a little bit of a bunch of different things. Um, that's another thing that narrowing down to the niche kind of helps because I started to mm-hmm. see what what sold well at these type events, you know, for horses. Peace and Calming, Valor, Panaway, Wintergreen, you know, the, the equine um, oils were great on top of the Everyday Oils kit. The things that I don't tend to carry a lot of inventory on is the stuff that goes bad. I mean, our oils don't have shelf lives, but our supplements, because they're live foods, do have shelf lives. So I try to, I don't carry a lot of inventory as far, I don't carry like a lot of Ningxia Red or like the BLMs, even though I sell a lot of it at the events, I I tell people at the event going, you know, these these have shelf lives. You don't want me a bottle I've had sitting in my inventory for three months. You want it fresh from Young yes. Living. Um, Especially in the summer, because the summer our cars get hot. Oh, yeah, so true, yeah. So I don't do a lot of the supplements. I do mostly just the oils, and I try to pick oils that, you know, that are that are popular in the in the genre that we're going for and then of course starter kits i think starter Mm -hmm. kits are the most important things that i have in inventory i totally agree with you i love the kits um starter kits are very um cool to have a stack of those and we'll talk a second about sample matching in the um <laughs> you know, instead of development credit, I wrote deployment credit. <laughs> I'm just looking at that. I'm like, okay, we'll deploy some people too. I'm good with that. Well, for all the military folks that are on the phone tonight, you can have deployment credits from Young Living. 
man. You might want to let Jay Lynn know about that. I know. Hello. (laughs) This is terrible. Um, But we'll talk about that in just a second. But I do the same thing. I I really focus on kids because I Mm -hmm. want people to start with one, and then I tell them you're going to want to do this one next, and then this one, and this one. And then, like you, you know, ordering the inventory. I do one other thing um, because I my background is environmental science, and I'm a dork with that, and I'm big in toxins and stuff like that. And you guys who watch my crazy videos, you know, I'm into the adrenal thing and detoxing. So the two other things that I recommend people put on their first order is these cleaner and the Aroma Break toothpaste. So I do carry one of each of those to match all my kits. That's a good and, yeah. Yeah, and you know, and then they're close to the 190 PV, and then I can bump them up with maybe another oil or two or something like that. But I say, you know, get the two most toxic things out of your home. One is your toothpaste, and the second thing is your cleaner. And so I do that, but I don't do more than that for that same reason. I used to carry cleansing trios and sulfurzine and BLM, and I used to carry all the soaps. And I mean, I spent when I first started twenty thousand dollars in inventory, and I, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I remember your booths. They were beautiful because they were stocked like stores. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't real good. And, and, you know, when I scaled down for a couple of years, I wound up selling most of it on eBay back in, like, 2006. Oh, um, that hurts. When, yeah, it was, like, you know, it was crazy. I didn't want to have – I had 10 essential sevens. I had two 12 oils of scripture. I had two feelings kits. I had four golden touch one kits. I had five or six raindrop kits, and then, you know, I had a lot of product, and, and it was great, not including my single oils, but go with, like Yvonne and I are both saying, go with what's usable with your market. Mm-hmm. If you're doing children market, go with the kids' sense. If you're doing pets, do the pet thing. If you're doing women's stuff, maybe do the art stuff, you know. Yeah. We've got Sharon Rayburn, who's doing the most fabulous work with all of the orchid stuff and the art stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and that's her niche. And, I, you know, I watch what she's doing on Facebook and she's just crushing it. And that is her market. And so really get to know your market. You don't have to even lead with the oils. You could lead with the, you know, the skincare. You could lead with cleansing. You can lead with Ninja Nitro for athletes. Can you keep it simple and really drive into your niche? Mm-hmm. Um, don't try to please everybody like we've tried to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, that's really important is, is you really can't please everybody and you just have to stick with the, with the basics. And, and, you know, people will, people, if they, you know, if you explain the situation, I've never had anybody not understand that I can't carry everything Young Living offers. And in those cases, you know, if they can get the starter kit and I have to ship whatever else they need, it's, it's not a big deal. Don't be afraid you know, to I, not, to you know, to go to someplace if you don't have everything. And I love what you said, though, about it being fresh. You know, it's like, hey, I don't keep these things because Young Living doesn't put preservatives in there, and I want it to be fresh going to you, and you don't want it sitting in my car going from city to city. And that's really, really important, and I love that tip. And it's like gold right there. You know, I hope everybody caught that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really good. It's so true, though. And, it is. you know, I, I told you that in the winter it freezes. Like, you know, one thing that happened to me recently that totally bombed out was when it, we had minus 20 degrees without the wind chill, and I had my oils in the truck, and it shrunk the, um, I swear, I know something shrunk, and the caps got loose on my, my um, oils, and I had a bunch of oils open and leak because oh. of the cold weather. So, Ooh. you know, store your kits face up. So that the oils are face up, you know, so that they yeah. don't like are sideways or upside down. And then I just started, I bought all these little um, containers to make sure the oils are all standing and they don't fall over and then don't keep them in the extremes either way. For obviously that reason, I didn't realize, you know, I thought, oh, it's cold outside. I'll, you know, it's so freaking cold out that I'm like, <laughs> it's minus 20 right now with, you know, like gazillion mile an hour winds. And, and I'm, I'm like, I just need to get my butt in the house and my inventory can wait till tomorrow because there's nothing in there that can freeze. And yep. I waited and I brought it in the next day and my bottle capped, a lot of them were really loose. <sighs> and so I was like, uh, I was so PO'd because I lost the frankincense, I lost the RC and I lost the peace and calming. Oh, so, that would be so frustrating. Well, and then they leaked all over everything else. That was the worst part. Like, oh. oils, like, they smelled amazing because my whole truck smelled like oils because they were leaking all over the place. 
So, yeah, that's not what you want for inventory. You can always use them, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it was it was so it was a fun day where I had like my heart in my throat as I opened my box, and I was praying that it was like nothing too serious, you know. Right. But it, and, and of course, the you know the what oil was the worst leaky one? The piece and call me ate a bunch of labels off of some of the other ones too. Yep. So, yeah. anyways, you guys learn from us and our crazy mistakes. You know, it's just. And, get, and, and here's the biggest tip of all, get a cart with wheels. <laughs> oh, gosh, amen to that, yeah. <laughs> get, a, get a wheelie cart. Get a little a handheld cart or get something that my little cart is a workhorse of the century, and if you get whatever you have, put make sure you can put your bins on a cart, and that cart can fold up and go into your, your truck <laughs> or your car. <sighs> and they're not expensive. I mean, the one I have is is kind of a, a middle of the road one. It it was not expensive, but it's paid for itself a million times. Oh, especially when you're at shows and they have like the show ver. You know, like the show will have a cart and everybody's waiting for the yes. show cart, and you're just like, bye, everybody. It's like <laughs> five minutes after the show closes, and I'm leaving already. You know, and you have to wait to share the cart or whatever. So yep. get get a cart with wheels, like no question. Um, on inventory, for anybody who is an executive and above, you can participate in the sample matching and the development, not deployment, credit. Uh, so go with your regional, call leadership, go with your regional people, talk about it, get the forms for that, and you take advantage of those. So you can, you know, you got to document some stuff for the sample matching and the development credit. The only thing that you've got to be ready for is you got to make sure you back back-to-back your events and classes because whatever you get on that development credit, however many starter kits or whatever you're going with, you have to get rid of all of them by the end of the time, you know, within 30 days or something like that. Um, you, If you don't, if you haven't sold it, you have to buy it. So you got to be ready to ramp up. I'll tell you what, it makes you hustle. <laughs> yes. Yeah, when that bill's coming due, you're like, oh, no, I've got to I've got to get a few more people on board. Yes, yes, those kits. Have you done both of those programs? Um, actually, I haven't. I, I'm going to start with the sample matching program. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, I, I, over the years, I've accrued several starter kits, so I haven't gone that, you know, worried about that part. Um, so, the, But the sample matching, I didn't even realize we had it until a few months ago. I'm like, oh, this is brilliant. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but several of the people small. in our groups have used it, and it's been great. Yes, yes, it is a very, very, very good program. And you know, get with the leadership team and talk to them about doing this because it's a very big deal. You can just send an email to leadersupport at youngliving.com, and they can help you out with this if you're an executive or above. And there's other requirements too. They've got some applications and. Um, that they'll send you all the details of what you need to do to do this, but it's very well worth it if you've got a bunch of events coming up, a really huge event, and get that squared away so you're not laying out all that money you're on your own. Because when I first started, I would have done that, you know, instead of buying, mm-hmm. you know, 10 essential sevens that I always rotated in my stock. But, you know, anyways. So, well, and it's the biggest thing at these events is getting oils on to the people and you're – you know, it's it costs much money for us to you know share our oils with people as they're coming through. If you've got if you're taking advantage of that sample matching, it's a great way to have a couple extra bottles that you that you feel like you can you know rub on someone's back or or show them how it would work on a you know on a hawk. So it makes it easier to to share. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, how do you sign people up at the shows? Like, when do you make that decision? Do you take orders? Do you sell products? How do you do that when you're doing your booth? Well, I, I try. With the the objective is always to sign up for the wholesale accounts. Um, I, I all of my flyers or all of my um, displays on the tables are geared towards the everyday oil kits, um, and I, I gear everything towards that. So I do work mostly with signing up on the wholesale. Rarely, I, I try not to do a whole lot of retail unless they're already. You know, with Young Living, I try, you know, I explain the differences between the distributor, the wholesale account, and the retail account. And nine times out of ten, people end up going with the the wholesale. Then what I try to do to make it look 
um, to be more attractive to people is to, I've actually had a lot of success pairing the everyday oil kit with like some, one of the books, like either the, the Higley reference book or like at the expos, I do the, um, some of the equine and aromatherapy books and I'll make a package deal out of that and sell that as one unit price. That attracts a lot of people. But again, it's always geared towards getting them the wholesale account right there at the booth. I love that because if you buy in bulk from Abundant Health, you can get cheaper pricing. And I know you can get cheaper pricing, for, you know, in bulk from life science publishers as mm-hmm. well. So call them and ask if whatever your favorite books are and stuff like that so that you can get that deal. And um, one of the um, – I do the same exact things, but one of the tricks – and this is a million-dollar tip right here because most people – I, luckily, we did. We were shown how to do this way from the early on. People wonder how do you sell the kits and how does Young Living get the credit in that account? You know, blah blah blah. If you have a starter kit from the development credit, you call Young Living, you handle it with them. But if it's your own stock, and I'm pretty sure you do the same way I do, Yvonne. But if it's my own, you know, I have seven starter kits or eight starter kits or something like that, and if I'm selling one of my own starter kits, I tell that person very clearly, you are purchasing from me this starter kit at the same price I am buying it for. And in turn, so that you get the credit in your account, you know, Young Living knows it's now a wholesale account, I have to process this order for you, and it has to be sent back to me to replace what you've taken right now. Mm-hmm. Or you could wait and get it shipped right to you. And 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 I'm very clear that there's going to be shipping and tax and shipping and shipping and shipping. And I have them sign next to the total that they understand there is shipping. Now, I'm sure you have stuff to say about this, Yvonne. That it, but that's so important because I, I know in the beginning that kind of got me in a little, not trouble, but I had a few people who were not real happy with me because I would just say, oh, well, and they're shipping and and you know, go on about the way and not make a big deal out of it. And when they see that it's a $10 shipping, because these are big starter kits, they would, you know, they're like, well, wait a minute, you know, this ended up being, you know, $10, $15, $20, depending upon the size of the order and the tax, you know, that people would come back. And I, you know, I found now that as long as we put it out front, like you said, you know, make, you know, say there is shipping and there is tax based on where you live, not where the event is, and, lay all that out ahead of them and tell them, you know, cause I, and I do like you have it shipped back to me from the show if they purchase my kit. And then I say, you're going to get a receipt directly from Young Living emailed to you as soon as I process this through the system so you'll have your account. And, yes. and that's usually, everybody's really happy with that. Yes, 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 yes. And my local community, I know exactly what it costs. It's one seventy one ninety nine. And when people ask me, I just say, you know what, just give me your debit or credit card. It's going to be about one seventy one ninety nine, And from that point, I go there. Now, mm-hmm. people will pay for checks. And so what I do with the check, I'm sure you do the same thing. I prefer a debit or credit. But if they only have a check, I will either take their firstborn child if it's with them. Or if it's a horse, it might be that exchange. Um, but if that's the only other option they have, I will take a check. Right. Um, and and so I deposit the check, and then I use one of my debit cards. But do not forget, which I've done before, <laughs> do not forget to uncheck keep this payment on file. <laughs> or or you'll be, yeah, I've done that once. Or yeah, and yeah um, <laughs> I've done it too, and you only do that once because that's yes. very important. I I looked at my statement one month, and I'm going, I didn't place three orders with Young Living this month. What happened? And yeah. sure enough, I had let it, and it was completely my fault. They didn't look, and they yes. went and placed an order, and it went through on my card. Yeah, yep, and exactly, don't do our mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> don't do our mistakes, so do it that way, and yada, yada, yada. Um, and that's really, I, I've been in the same situation as you, where people will see that come through, and they'll be like, why is there shipping? And, you know, you have to go back and explain. So I usually estimate the cost for them about 171 to 175 depending mm-hmm. on your first starter kit and without anything else. And, you know, I, I handle it that way, um, make it easy so that people don't get confused. And, they you know, they're at an expo. 
and they're being hit at a thousand booths, not literally, but sometimes if it's like Midwest <laughs> Horse Fair, it is. But they're overwhelmed and they don't even hear what you're saying at that point. Oh, so sure. have them sign next to that total. I understand. I, you know, am going to get charged shipping. I know Sherry Roth also has it very clear on her order sheets. Mm-hmm. I understand that I'm going to get charged shipping. <laughs> So, yeah. Hello. We've had yeah. the school of hard knocks. <laughs> <laughs> I think our current order forms are all based off of the mistakes we've made in the past years going, oh, no, yes. we need this box here. <laughs> yes. I love getting hate email. You're ripping me off. You're charging me shipping. What a scam. I want my money back. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> you have I a wholesale account. That's what you've got. <laughs> I know. So be prepared when you do vendor shows and booths to have some humor mm-hmm. um, at the same time. And don't take anybody too seriously. So um, I also, um, with retail customers, when I do my price, I don't know if you do the same thing, but I charge, if people want just an oil or two uh, and they don't want to sign up and I do a retail cost, I charge retail, plus I add 2 to $3, depending on the oil, or if it's a bigger item, I will charge more and to cover my shipping and make sure you recollect the tax that you, because you guys are paying tax on the retail price when you're purchasing your product at wholesale. So exactly. realize that. And so do you do that a little bit differently, and how do you handle people that are already members? Um, I, I handle it exactly the same way. My 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 I thought is up to a fifty dollar oil, I add two dollars and up and above a fifty dollar oil I add three dollars to the retail cost and I just and I round, you know, I, I usually keep it to the rounding, so I round up or down based on if it's, you know, a few pennies over or under a dollar. Um but yeah, it's just you have to cover your, your taxes and, and shipping. Um and with with members who are already in, you know, an active members, I do try to clarify that they're, you know, they've they've you know been purchasing and they still do purchase from Young Living within the last 12 months, then I sell it to them at the retail cost just like anybody purchasing a retail oil or product. Yes, I am with you there too because I know people even in town, I've got some stores that carry the oils here and they, um, they some people would rather just go get it and pay retail price for it. But if mm-hmm. we were selling it at wholesale, I mean, we're not coming ahead and then we have to reorder and fill our stock. Uh, but one thing I will say, and I know you feel the same way on this too, if people are already members and coming to your booth, do not solicit them to join your team or switch downlines. That is unethical and wrong. And if personally, if I find out that stuff happens, I report people back to corporate for Absolutely. investigation. That I don't is, take it lightly. No, and we don't want that. We don't want that reputation. We don't want that idea out there with, you know, among our groups, we want people to feel, I have people repeat customers, you know, because once you start going to these events years after years, you you start to see the same people. I have people in other lines send their people to me to come and get product. I, they, they know I won't sign them up if they're with the, you know, with the other groups. They come and purchase products just because it's quick. It's, it's a yeah. level of trust that we work with between these, you know, between members and, and, I, if someone comes into my group and they're working with somebody, even when they ask, oh, well, you seem to know so much more about horses. My people don't know anything about horses. I sit there and say, I am sure someone in your upline knows horses. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And send them back to their sponsor. And I know that you do that because network marketing, you know, you give the industry a bad name when you solicit people, plus you piss off your cross-line leaders. And mm-hmm. someone like me who has people all over the country, if I find out my people get solicited, I ask who has a booth, and I go after that person. Exactly. I think it's crap. <laughs> I really yeah. do. You know, there's there. Okay, to be honest, there are other companies that are in the essential oil industry. Go solicit those guys and girls. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. That should be totally encouraged. <laughs> yes, completely encouraged. And maybe that's one of the brochures or handouts that you have in your booth is a comparison of other companies and Young Living. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) Before we get in too much trouble in that area. Well, you know, I mean, there's, you know, other companies out there that I've heard. Um, So, (laughs) okay, so um, 
sales tax ID, how do you handle that? Because expos require, the companies require that you have insurance and that you have a tax ID, you know, certificate. How do you handle those things? Well, insurance, I know you, you have a, because you're a professional, you know, massage therapist, you have the insurance through those things. I don't have that. I'm not a licensed massage therapist. I, I have none of those types of uh, insurances available to me. So I simply go online. There's a company. It's not an expensive insurance, but it gives you the million-dollar cap, or, two, or they will go up to $2 million cap umbrella insurance that most um, the event organizers are looking for. And it's about $150 an event. And it's just K and K insurance.com. It's literally the letter K, the word and, the letter K insurance.com. I'm sure there's other companies out there you can Google and find, but you really, for any, 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 really any size events anymore that I'm coming across other than small little just like local, you know, farmer market community things, they're always asking for insurance with a million dollar umbrella. Yeah. So that, that's how I do it. Yes, I agree, and that's, like you said, I've got mine through my professional organization, and I take a rider on top of that for product and other liabilities. So mm-hmm. check with your insurance agents or go to the K&K Insurance. You know, make sure you have that, everybody, because they'll want a copy of your your certificate. So make sure you do that. And then um, how do you handle the sales tax ID? Like who, how do you even find where to even do those sales tax certificates? Do you go to the state or is it local or... Most of the time, the event organizers have a really good idea of who the contact is. They won't be able to help. <laughs> I, I tried in the beginning to get them to help me, you know, fill these things out, and they won't. Um, but they'll tell you who in the state uh, for this state income tax. They'll tell you who, or sales tax. I'm sorry, sales tax. They'll tell you who to contact. Um, I just did an event in D.C. That was the worst of the events that I've done, only because it's impossible to get a live person. I've I've done in in California and Texas and Ohio and Indiana and obviously Illinois. Most of the states, once you if, when you get through to a live person and you tell them you're with a network marketing company and you're doing a just a one weekend expo, they'll tell you exactly where to fill out. You still have to um, you still have to file the return, but they'll understand that it's going to be a zero sales. Um, for anybody who's who's selling product, for any of this of the product that you sell that's Young Living, you've already paid the taxes on it, so you don't have you don't have to worry about the taxes on that. But like Jen, I know you do, and I I carry books and will sell books, and I retail that. You have to collect the sales tax for that and report that at the end of the show. So for yeah. a lot of times when people are new and they're not you know, they're not carrying anything other than Young Living inventory, it's not a big deal. It's just, it's extra paperwork, and you go to, normally the, the, the state has a website that's, that will walk you through step-by-step, step, and it's just remembering after the event, that's the, the hard part for me, was remembering mm-hmm. after the event to go back and file the return as a zero return. And, mm-hmm. and once you do that, everything's done. Perfect. And also, don't forget, if you do sell books and stuff like that, don't include it into your resident state that you're in, into that sales tax and pay it twice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they get enough. They don't need all of the money. <laughs> yes, you go and pay it into Wisconsin, and then you do a vendor event you know, over in Iowa, and then you come back to Illinois and make sure you separate them and you don't collect it all and pay twice so yeah your record good there's a lot of the the people who are starting out new to events i i really encourage them just stick with young living products and you know tell them to go to amazon.com or to you know to to the source for the books in the beginning just to keep it easy just keep the paperwork easy in the beginning mm-hmm. um so the last question i have is do you always sign people up to every show you go to <laughs> I wish. <laughs> now I know. Okay, that's why we're like, uh, yeah. <laughs> now it is rare that it's been an event that there was absolutely no signups. But I have, I have. Well, I had that one show. I think you remember a few years ago. Did that big, huge. Um, equestrian event down in Kentucky. It was a two-week yes. show, and yes. and we're like, oh, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have like 5,000 new members when I'm done with this show, and it was just a fiasco, and we ended up with like 
five. <laughs> yeah, for two weeks of work. <laughs> but one of our largest accounts came from that show. Yes. You can never, ever, 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 ever judge a show by mm-hmm. what you did that weekend. I always tell people, ask me in five years. Yes. That's the best ask- way to look at it. You can't, you may not sign people up. You might have a list of 100 people to follow up with. You, I've gone to shows, not kidding. I've enrolled 100 people at one show and nobody ever reordered. And then I've been to shows where I've enrolled two in a basement that smelled like mold in the middle of a depressed area of a city, and I've had some of those people order every month for 10 years. Yeah. You just and don't know. And then the business. You don't know. You just don't. You cannot judge the show. You may think you had a great show on that Monday morning after the event, and it <laughs> can wind up being a bust. Um, yep. I did a show in uh, New York City. Oh, gosh, it was probably 2004, somewhere around that time. I spent over $7,500 on this show in Manhattan for this holistic doctor conference, and I thought I was the schnizzle, you know what I mean? And <laughs> yep. I had, oh, we had a cell phone stolen out of the booth. We had products stolen from underneath our tables. And nobody, we enrolled, like you said, five people, and nobody ever reordered. Nothing came of that show. Nothing. And I spent almost 75, I spent, I know I spent $7,500 because each booth table was 4000 Oh, my was gosh. 2000 for each table. And then the 2500 was a traveling expense. Yeah. It was horrid, horrid. So my encouragement for all of you is do not go for that big stuff. Stay local and Mm -hmm. do the smaller events and get out that way. And then if you think you can, you know, go out and do the big ones. I thought I was to that point where I could do that. It was horrible. I Mm -hmm. still love little tiny events, little vendor benders and, and stuff like that that don't cost a lot and they're not a lot even in traveling. Well, and sometimes the tinier ones, I, I don't know if you feel the same, but you, they're, they're, they're less attended and the people have more time to talk and they seem to be more genuinely interested in the subject of whatever that venue is. Yes. And it's just they, they, they seem to have more time to talk and they'll sit down with you and it seems like you can build that relationship so much better right there in the booth. Yes. Absolutely, and that's why I think the the I remember the just one in general. Most of my team leaders, except for my sister and my boyfriend, the everybody else I met through an expo. I mean, I'm looking at my front line, and everybody that is in my team is on front line. My bigger teams are all people I met at events, mm-hmm. and um, that's just how we rolled. And um, we, you know, we don't know how those people are going to be until we time goes by, you know, and you do your yep. follow-up. And so how do you follow up post-event, either with new distributors and, of course, your lead list, which is the most important thing is your sign-up sheet for follow-up. Yeah, the money is in the follow-up. And for the first couple of years, I, I really didn't do – I didn't do a Cracker Jam job on the, on the follow-up, and that is what cost me. Um, learning now, it's, it's – as, as important it is for, obviously, the customers and clients that we sign up at the events, it's, it's just as important to follow up within 48 hours. I, th- I think, you know, Randy Gage always talks, you have 48 hours until that interest starts to fade. Now, he's talking business, but it's the same thing with the product. So it's, you know, as soon as we're finishing up, you know, at the end of that event, normally on the trip home, if we're driving, whoever's, you know, it's it, normally if I'm driving, it's there's two of us. So one person will be, you know, typing in emails and sending, or we'll be making phone calls, depending upon, mm-hmm. you know, the type of, of contact information we got. And then I do, if for the people, you know, I try to mark the ones that seemed really important, really interested, or they had specific questions that they wanted information on. And then I'll try to send, you know, within a, few, a couple of days of getting home, get something in the mail to them so that they know that they've, you know, so that I can follow up with them with information exactly what they wanted. Yes. And that is how I get people to sign up for my follow-up list is I, if people are asking specific questions, I'll say, you know what, I've got information on that at home or, mm-hmm. you know, my resources are there and I, you know, can I follow up with you? Give me your name and your email. And then I can, you know, catch up with them later. Um, 
or I have them do my events list because of my local area. I have local events, and that's how I get people on that list. Do you do any drawings? I do drawings, yeah. Um, I, in the beginning, I only did sign-up sheets, and then the last, probably the last year now, I've gone to um, raffling and drawings, and I've gotten, I'm waiting to to see, you know, probably about another three or four events to see whether I really get a benefit out of doing the drawings, but you get a lot more names with the drawings. So, mm-hmm. so there, there's pluses and minuses, because of course, you know, we were talking about earlier, we've got, you know, the people who come by trick-or-treating and you know we've got the professional expo people with a little you know their stickers with all their information you know they come and they put that on the 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 tag and they drop it in the drawing box and they leave without even i don't even think they know what they put their name in for the drawing no Um, they don't (laughs) they don't (laughs) so it's you know you do get a percentage of people like that but for me the the raffle is they see the sign that says, you know, here for a free drawing, it gets, it's another thing that makes them stop to open up a conversation. Right. So for that, I think it's successful. Absolutely. And, you know, there's so many things that we can do for that as well, whether it's something that, you know, if you guys are crafty and you make up soaps and bath salts and fizzies, you could do that. You could do a consultation if you're a professional and you Mm want to do a phone thing with somebody or, you know, massage therapist, you could do an aroma massage or something like that for, you know, a drawing, or you could be product. I used to do essential sevens and things like that. Um, now I'm just a cheapskate and I just give them my time. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I, you know, I just, you know, it's just the truth. I just, I, I give them, I want a reason to follow up with them. Yes. And but that's the best. I, yeah. And, and that's really my motive. Um, to do so and to do it that way. And honestly, guys, half the time I forget that I even, I actually forget the sign-up sheet and I'm making it like out of some like ghetto flyer I picked out of the garbage and put lines on it with a pen and clip it to a clipboard. Yeah, don't forget clipboards so that people can fill out paperwork, not standing there, you know, trying to write on top of your table. Mm -hmm. But, uh, oh, yeah, we could keep going with this. Is there anything that you want to... um, share with everybody before we finish up with this because we get my head is spinning just with what we said and I know for sure this is going to be a call that people are going to want to re-listen to and take more notes and things like that is there anything you want to make sure that you leave people with um yeah have fun with it you you said earlier you know you have to have a sense of humor and I think that's the most important thing um because as you build this your business with the expo, you're also hoping to, you know, work with new and upcoming business builders and that's they're gonna see they're gonna see you having fun and that's gonna attract them to your business. Plus if you're having fun, the little headaches that happen and do happen and always seem there are always these little headaches with these events because they're it's just the nature of the business. But I think I heard something great the other day just listening to Chris Brady, and it says you're going to come away with you know one of three things. You're going to come away with a customer, a distributor, or a really great story. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how I kind of look at working with these events. I'm like, you know, no matter what, I'm going to something good is going to come of this. It may not be exactly what I want, but something good will come of it. And trying to stay in that mind frame, and it just amazing. It's just amazing the kind of people you're going to attract then. Absolutely. I love that. And uh, one thing that I, we forgot to add is how and when do we set up? I'll just say that in a one line. Oh, yeah. um, I try to set up the night before, but I don't put any product in the booth until the day of when I'm in there because I don't want people cracking open bottles or little bottles disappearing. I do not put unopened oils that are singles out on the table. I only do kits and I only do empty stamps. So keep your empty bottles and put mm-hmm. those out. And don't put oils that are could walk away off of your table. Oh, so, so um, yeah, <laughs> hard knocks, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, hard knocks. <laughs> when uh, that bottle of frankincense walks, you you feel that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, absolutely. And um, I think that's it. You know, like we said, have fun, get out there, do stuff, keep it simple, um, make it. Every, you know, everything you do, you should think in your mind, can my new distributor do this next week? So keep yeah. it really simple. Keep it really fun. Um, just, you know, if you're a creative, fun person, you know, those blue personalities, you know, create a, a, an awesome display in your booth that's going to catch eyes. If you're a green personality or a red personality, find a blue personality to help you lay out your booth. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> my my booth has got to be the ugliest, like most boring booth you've ever seen in your life, you know. So if you guys are out there and you're booth personalities, please come help me. So. <laughs> that's one thing I love about Facebook. I get to look at everybody else's booths. I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. Look what she did. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. You know, I just love it because we all learn from each other. And so this has been, you know, a great training. And thank you so much for coming on the line. Oh, thank you, Jen. This is always fun. I know people are just, I know they're loving this information. You guys will be posted in the next couple of days on the website. So as soon as my administrative assistant gets up there, you know, she'll be able to do that for you guys. And uh, signing off, well, I'm going to open the line so you guys can say goodnight to Yvonne. And uh, thank you again, Yvonne, for spending this time with us. And it was a blast. So thank it was. You. Thank you, guys. Appreciate okay. it. <laughs> All right, let me open the lines. Thank you. 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 Thank